Yo, before we get into this podcast, I want to ask for a huge favor from you. And that is if you have or you are getting value from this podcast, if you were to leave us a review or subscribe, it would mean the world. And quite frankly, selfishly, it's because I want to, we want to continue sharing these conversations, this medicine with the world. And when you leave a review, when you subscribe, it's a vote. And we would love to have your vote. Nonetheless, thank you so much and enjoy. Adam Walker, how's it going, my friend? Good. All good, man. Excited to be here. Loving, definitely, not even today, but you are, you have the best outfit backdrop. I hope this makes it onto video at some stage because, you know, we got some good studios behind us, but you're you're winning with that, definitely. Oh, dude, it's funny. I was just looking at yours thinking (laughs) you have the best backdrop. So actually, this will be going on YouTube. So this is, that's my initial start. But (laughs) I'm just looking good. We got the blue thing going on. I can see you got the blue sky. The wolf, the moon, I've got the blue iceberg, Awaken Your Alpha, a little bit of yep. blue. On, yeah, so we're very, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty picture. So yeah, I'm glad it's going on YouTube at some stage. Hell yeah. Sweet. So my friend, before we dive into it, what is your intention for this conversation before we uh, have a little bit of fun? That, enjoy, give value. Just, that's it really. Yeah, just, just hit to serve. That's it. Just have a good time. Mm. Brilliant. I, uh, creating a space and intention around emptying myself out and being, uh, being a channel for whatever needs to come through and just having some fun. Awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So a little bit of back backstory backdrop. You and I met at new media summit, I guess it's a little over a year now, actually. Yeah. It was in like, yeah, January yeah, or something. Blimey. God, that time's absolutely flown, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Met you then, uh, got to hear a little bit about what you're up to and really the, the commitment that you have inside of the, the movement that, you're, that you've created called Awaken Your Alpha. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to journey a little bit further. And then at some point I mentioned, yo, I'm starting a podcast and, and uh, immediately wanted to reach out to you because I relate to you as somebody whom is just a shining example of what it is to be in their truth. And it's, it's unshakable to me. It's like unshakable. When I was like going through the, the answers to the questions I'd given you regarding, you know, what you, what you're here to do. It's like every single finger was pointing at the same thing, which is you just wanted to help people share their message and to, to really create something powerful that they could impact the world with. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. Yeah. Cause you nailed it. Yeah. That, that, that's, and it, it takes a while to get like that. Cause you know, it's always, a, everyone's a work in progress, including me, but you know, I'm, uh, I'm glad it came through like that way. Sweet. And before we dive into all of that is awaken your alpha, I actually want to know, uh, what was the catalyst for awaken your alpha? What was, what was some of that backstory that ultimately led to this movement that you're created? Yeah. So, um, originally I was a teacher in uh, school for 10 years. Um, at the same time as a semi-professional athlete in the pole vault. Um, so I, whether it was pole vault or not, I always aspired and was obsessed to get to the Olympics in any way, shape or form. Um, I loved the whole, you know, the ethos behind the, you know, mind, body and spirit, the Olympic kind of ideals. And, um, yeah, I was 28 and got back to my, my best, got into the biggest competitions I'd got into my career 
and then uh, pole vaulted in the rain because it's England and it rains quite a bit. So it was the English summertime. Um, had a pole vault accident, which, uh, you know, we could spend a whole hour on that, but I would just to say, um, yeah, it was dangerous conditions. And uh, as the bar went higher, I was in fourth place, which, you know, on paper, I shouldn't have been doing that well, but I was handling the conditions well in one perspective and then not handling them well because I didn't, you know, think about things like self-preservation. I just really kind of went for it and fully committed and I tore my ACL, dislocated my knee, um, ripped all the meniscus cartilage off the end of the bone ends and uh, yeah, bruised the bones. So uh, that was the end of pole vault and the end of kind of really the end, the beginning of the end of teaching. It was kind of our, for in, in a school setting at least. Um, and uh, yeah, that was kind of my fork in the road that really, I by choice, or not by choice, I should say, I had to really the next, you know, three, four years really f- battle to awaken my alpha continually. Um, and, you know, so it was a, a good couple of years after that of multiple operations and rehab crutches kind of scenario that, um, yeah, I wasn't as mentally prepared or tough as I, as I thought at that point. So, mm. uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's ever since then, it's really, um, I just look at everything as a training ground and preparation for the, the next adversity because everyone's got adversity. It's not, you're not anything special when it comes your way. It's mm-hmm. part of life. So uh, it's, I've learned again, the time to prepare for that adversity is not when you're in the crap, when it's happening, it's, it's too late then, you know, you, you, you are who you are then it's preparing when times are going well, or just as when times are going, it's always knowing it's uh, yeah. Adversity and not in a like, like worried about it, but you know, it's, it's part of life. So it's uh, just preparing. So you're ready. <laughs> mm. I think I heard something I said, like an, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of recovery or something like that. Just any amount of, of doing the pre-work is always going to unfold 10 times more in its investment as opposed to waiting like, Oh, look at that shit. Like my ACL is torn or my, yeah. uh, well, yeah. it applied to the operations as well. I said, when I said sort of prehab operations, rehab, you know, a lot of people going into operations for that sort of stuff, you know, they don't do, they think prehab, what you're having an operation. Why bother? But you know, as an athlete and going into that, the quicker you can recover from that is if you're going into an operation, train in and around that so you can get it as strong as you can before the operation because then there's things you know you can't do post-operation but you want to be as you know prepared as you can be so then you can bounce back quicker and uh so i was always in that that mindset and and, and in them habits um so yeah it's it's yeah and i as i said physically i was prepared for things obviously my knee was taken out not like i do about that but i i definitely relied too much on my physicality to that point and um nothing wrong with it, but I hadn't had any huge adversity up to that point in my life. So, Hmm. you know, when the knee again, by someone else's perspective would be, you only had a problem with your knee. You could still walk, you could, well, crutches and, you know, you could do lots of things. You can't pole vault, boo hoo. But at the end of the day, took me a long time to understand it. If something happening to anyone is the worst thing that's ever happened to them, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to them. It's okay. If they're not, tip top for a while it's okay mm. to be feeling you know a little bit bummed um whereas i didn't even allow myself to that i was very hard on myself for basically being um struggling from a bad knee ultimately and i make it sound light because that's what it was but it but the reality was the bigger problem was the uh, the mental side of things and the identity and the loss of identity i was seen as the pole vaulter or a pole vaulter um and yeah and i was very lost for a, a good couple of years mm. 
if you're if you're down for it, I actually want to dive into that a little bit because I think the whole the whole conversation around identity and how when you get used to being a certain way, doing things a certain way, maybe you get into your routines, your rituals. This is who I am. I am the pole vaulter, mm-hmm. and who the pole vaulter is is somebody who gets up at this time, does these practices, eats this type of way, practices this many hours, does this much rehab, recovery, has these types of coaches globally due to COVID, they, you know, the current situation we're in, right? People identify with their jobs. Well, they I, identify I, you, you, with their work. Yeah, you nailed on a, a good thing there. If you see yourself as uh, you know, your job or whatever it is, then uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're in a vulnerable position because, you know, I did at that time, um, you know, I wasn't a pole vault or I did pole vault. That wasn't me, but I, I thought it was. I would, That was my whole identity. And I'd like to say now, if anything gets pulled away from me, it's not going to change me, I'm not going to lose my identity because whatever, you know, whether it's pole vault or a podcast or, you know, a TEDx talk or a book, they are just tools. They are just, you know, formats of, you know, an expression of what I am, but they're not me. So, you know, I, again, from learning this, you know, whatever happens and things, things, you know, stuff changes, things get taken away. It's not going to, it's not going to change me or my identity. So, Whereas before I got wrapped up in too much of a one dimensional thing and identified with that too much. And, uh, mm. you know, so it's, I think that's it. It's yeah. You, you're in the current situation. If, if you know people do tie in to say, say they're a, a wealthy banker or something like that and they lose their job. Does that mean from one day to the next winner and loser? No, they the job that's out of their control in a lot of scenarios. So that doesn't change the person and, you know, that doesn't change their true identity. It's if you've been, you know, identifying with something that's not really you or it's just a, a profession or vocation or, you know, you know, if, if you, if you say in that scenario, if you, you know, were a financial master and you love finances and, you know, really helping people in that way, well, the next day when you have, don't have that job, you're still a financial master who loves helping people in that way. So you're going to just have to do that in a different format, but your identity shouldn't change if you've, you know, if you've done the work to align with something that really is meaningful with you. Hmm. And of course the, the byproduct of getting so intertwined with that identity, as you mentioned, is that mental, emotional side that really rips you apart. And I'm, I'm actually curious what that journey was like for you of here's where I was. And I realized, man, like I'm in a lot of pain. I guess the question inside of that is, is when did you realize it and what did you do? Because now you have this conflict between who you think you are in identity and that being stripped away. And now it's like, who am I now? Yeah, I was just yeah, totally lost. Yeah, didn't have a, didn't have a clue. <laughs> that's the honest truth, and that's why it took time. You got to do the work, but um, yeah, in denial for a long time. You know, that straight off the bat, the surgeons and stuff are telling me, you know, um, well, I was saying to them, oh, how quick can I get back? And they're like, I don't think you're quite getting this. You know, the injury no. you've had on your knee is more like, you know, don't think about how quick you can get back to pole vault. Think about, you know, being able to play basic sports with your kids when they're older. And I didn't have any kids at that point, so I'm like, oh. It's just that perspective shift of like, I'm still in that mindset of how quick can I get back as opposed to, you know, I didn't, I didn't even, I was in denial. I didn't even think that was a question if like that I couldn't get back because, you know, people have injuries. I've had injuries before. I tore my groin quite badly and had an operation and got back. It took a you know, good few years, but I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but, you know, people saying you can't get back. And then also if you're in that kind of the mindset I am as well, if someone's saying you can't do it, yeah, I, 
<laughs> yeah, you're going to take that with a pinch of salt because also that's the general for like rehabs and operations. They give you the general public kind of rehab timeline. So, oh, this should take six months to get back. Six weeks later, you're out doing sprints and stuff because of the the prehab you may have done. And then the rehab, I literally was a professional rehabber for like two years. So, but I got it as good as it could, you know, could get. And I'm, you know, I, I wasn't going to, you know, strengthen up my cartilage that had to be removed in a, you know, a later operation because the surgeon said it was like trying to sew wet spaghetti together. So, you know, you can't really do a lot with that. I know the technology's improved a lot and you can actually uh, do something with that. But um, yeah, there, there came a point as well after, you know, two years or so and quite a few operations, you know, it could get worse as well if you keep having operations. Um, so, you know, you had to accept you know, acceptance of, of what is, you know, not, not defeatist, but accept of the reality of some things you can and can't control. And that was, that was one of them. But, um, you know, and then linked to that denial, denial that I was, I was denying that I was struggling at least to people on the outside. I wasn't denying <laughs> it to myself. Um, so, you know, a lot of people didn't realize quite how bad I was mentally doing. Um, so yeah, that took a good year to, you know, gradually go down that route and then yeah hit rock bottom which the only good thing about that is the next day I was slightly better um and then it just continued from that and just you know I never gave up and was um just I was always trying things a lot of stuff wasn't working so uh, yeah so you just gotta you know really uh do do some work to find out you know what is important and what because it was it wasn't just the uh, the mental identity stuff it was a big vacuum of time as well because if you're trying to get to the Olympics um, you spend quite a lot of time doing that. <laughs> and mm-hmm. there, was, there was a double whammy of, um, I'd quit my teaching job at the start of the summer, have the whole summer off. And I would have been going back to work in September. And this happened in uh, early August. So I'd never been like any days off sick. This is what, and then, so when I quit my job, um, it's the one time I literally would have been um, paid sickly for about two years on crutches and stuff. And then I'm obviously... Um, in a more of a self-employed situation where I, you know, I need to work to survive. So I'm like literally going and substituting supply teaching on crutches and just, just an added level of, damn, that's bad time. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And how, so you were 28 when this happened? 29? Yep. Okay. So you're 29 and how old are you now? Uh, 40. Yeah. Okay, 28 so when it happened. 28 so, when it happened. So about 12 years ago, you hit a rock bottom and it was around this time, I guess, when you started your, your climb out then? Yeah, well, so it was um, 2010. Um, so I probably uh, hit real rock bottom in 2009 sometime around then. 2010, mm-hmm. as I was on the way out, and then I had my first son was born 2010. That, you know, helped, you know, in terms of, you know, cause what, that was one of the other motivators. I didn't want to, when you're, you know, basically depressed, it's really hard just to hold a basic conversation. Like to hold a basic conversation is like maximal effort. That's one one thing I noticed. That's one, uh, you know, Marcus for me personally was, you know, just to have a, that conversation was like, it's not going to be a good conversation. It's a basic conversation and it's, it's exhausting. Like you don't want to talk to people, you go within yourself. And Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be, you know, faking it for, you know, my sons and, you know, and making an effort just to be, to be around people. And I didn't want them to see any of that in any way, shape or form, or even catch a a vibe of it. I probably could have hit it pretty good and I would have, but I didn't want to have to be making that extra effort you know, so that was, you know, a real, obviously I was on the way back then definitely, but that was an, another thing that just really solidified getting back, getting back to kind of who I was before, but different, obviously very different. Yeah. 
Hmm. So what did that journey of digging yourself out or climbing out of that hole, if you will, uh, being able to enter that road of recovery, what were some of the things that you personally had to take on? I would imagine as a level of, at a level of consistency that helped you to at least get to a baseline where it wasn't like, damn, I can't even hold a basic conversation right now because I'm in so much pain or I'm just so down, sad, however you would describe it. Yeah. What were those practices? What did they look like? Yeah, I always kept my my physicality going. Um, I, you know, I, I know days when I don't generally do some kind of exercise or train in the mornings. Um, you know, I don't feel as good. Um, obviously, everyone can, you know, have a day off and sometimes that's what your body needs. But generally, um, even when I was really down, I, I forced myself and it was forcing it a lot of times. Um, I forced myself to go and do some training, some exercise um, or go for a walk. Um, so the, the, I think stuff like that is fundamental. If you're feeling um, down and you're not doing some kind of daily movement, um, you, again, for me personally, I like to get the, the you know, the, at least the hormonal benefits from it, you know, early. So for, for the rest of my day, I want to do it earlier in the day. Um, you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be struggling. And the point is all the things that you need to do when you're feeling down, you don't feel like doing any of them. So that's, that's the issue. It's like when you don't feel like doing this, when you need to do them the most, obviously diet, diet, exercise and sleeping. Again, I would say nothing groundbreaking in, in terms of the, the basics and the fundamentals, but they really will. If you're feeling crappy, just ask yourself a very simple list. Have you had enough sleep? Oh no. Well, that's probably why. Just don't, you don't overthink about it. Just say, have you had enough sleep? Yes. No. Have you had enough, have you drunk enough water? Have you, you know, have you had enough movement or exercise or, you know, outside fresh air? That's little basic things like this. And, you know, if you go down all that list and you're like, yes, 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 yes. And then you probably need to, you know, we need to get a bit more advanced, but I'm sure 90% of the time it's going to be one variation of them. Um, but when it comes to the, you know, the mental stuff, which is obviously all, all linked, you know, you need to work out what, what really motivates you and fires you up. And, you know, there's lots of actions and practicalities you can do around that. But, you know, the Japanese concept of ikigai, you know, reason for being or reason for living, it's, um, you know, it's like them Venn diagrams. There's loads of variations of this, but, you know, you know your passions and what, what you want to do, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, what you're very good at. It's kind of where they all overlap there's going to be something in there for you. And, and even just playing around with things you're maybe currently doing and it's not quite fitting for you, even if you're good at it. And that's another problem. You know, you may be very good at it and the world needs it. And everyone's like, wow, you're so lucky. You're so awesome. You're set. You're good at it. The world needs it. You get highly paid. But, you know, it, being successful in something you don't like is kind of worse than, you know, being unsuccessful at something you like, I, I feel it's because you kind of, there's no way you can win in that. At least if you're unsuccessful at something you love doing, if you keep plugging and trying different things, you may make it there. But if you're, uns, if you're successful at something you don't like, that's not really going to change. So, um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, I mean, we can talk about this for hours, but there's, you know, I think it's really important um, in terms of awakening your alpha stuff that, you know, starts with awareness. And hmm. um, you could say awareness is a type of action, but you know, before you just go running off in a certain direction or lifting weights or going after something, like, you've got to be have done the work of, do you really want this? Or do you think you want this? Or do you think this will make you know, society happy or your parents hmm. or a spouse or your friends think it's all cool? Or do you really want it? And what is the actual reality? If you get to that point, say you want to be a podcaster and then you get there and you realize, damn, I'm going to be sitting in front of the computer on a microphone for a lot of time. 
ah, oh, I didn't think this through. This is not good. <laughs> so, it's little basic, but you can do that in any profession. What is the average, you know, the kind of the day of that thing or person that you're aspiring to? What do mm-hmm. they actually do in their day? And yeah, you may see the glossy, you know, Instagram photos and stuff, but you know, a lot of these- Usually loads of shit. Yeah, and a lot of these photos and a lot of these so-called successful people- you know, their day would be an absolute nightmare to me. And I'm sure my day would be a nightmare to some, some people. But so that's where it's really important to not really hmm. care or value in some, that ways that, that success to someone else. That, I respect that. But, you, you know, that doesn't mean anything for you personally because what, what is success for you? And what, you know, what is the kind of day that's going to be your ideal day? And yeah, there's stuff you need to do. I'm sure that, you know, you're not like, oh, this is brilliant. I'm not saying that. But I mean, in terms of, you know, being pulled by inspiration. So that's where you will do things that need to be done and you'll keep going when the money's not there or the money is there or, you know, when it's a rainy day, a sunny day, whatever, you, you know, you're pulled by something bigger than yourself and something that, you know, that's why I talk a lot about legacy as well, that you, you, you can see the value in regardless of what anyone else thinks. Hmm. I've played with this one for a little while around the importance of yeah, you need to know where you're going, which in a way is, I would say, kind of points at that legacy. It's like when I point my finger and that finger is pointing at the end of my life and I look back, I'm here I am, like, what would I like to have left people with? Whether that was a message, if that was a, you know, a, a tangible facility or whatever it is, that that's really important. And you made a great point about the importance of not only knowing where you want to go, but why you want to go there. Because if why you want to go there is heavily predicated on this foundation of societal expectations and familial norms and, and what your religion says and he, sh- he's, he or she says, then there is no possibility, I imagine, in the long run of one's life that there is a sustained level of happiness and fulfillment because actions are predicated on a foundation of fallacy. It's not true. It's not real. It's not of that source of within that's guiding you and saying, hey, like this is something I really love to do. And you make an additional great point about how the the importance of being inside of that person's world, meaning if I want to become a masterful podcaster and 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 do th- you know things in relating to to TED TEDx talks and things like that, like maybe I go and I and I talk to Adam if he's open to that conversation because if I can't put myself in his shoes and see myself doing that work, then I've just done all of this work and research and and implementing things only to realize, wow, this isn't really for me. And there's a great perspective to be had around concept of apprenticeship and internship uh, younger and younger and younger as opposed to waiting like some people me and other (laughs) people who go and get a fucking degree because that's what we're told (laughs) we're supposed to do and then we realize wait a second i did this for completely the wrong reasons now here i am not to say that it was a waste of time because i learned a great many things and i'm not much of a person for regret but at the same time maybe there was a a more intentional way and it seems like that's what we're pointing as being intentional being a yeah. lot more intentional with our days. Oh, de- yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Because uh, otherwise, I'm I'm all about long term stuff, and you really, you know, stuff is to do anything meaningful. You know, it's there's a lot of hard yards to do, and consistency, and relentlessness, and you know, turning up. And uh, if you're not in it for the right reasons, you're gonna fall off. You really are. I mean, we, talk, we keep coming back to podcasts. It's just a good example of relevancy. Here we are. You know. Yeah, I mean, we're both in this now, but I'm, what I'm saying is like, someone said, oh, how do you do a great podcast? And like from my position now, six years in, and only in like the top 1% of podcasts in the world, well, I'll tell you, one of the, one of the main reasons to get in there 
it's still going after six years. It's still active because, mm. you know, the, the what's it? We just passed a million podcasts are out there or have been out there in the all of time kind of thing. Um, out of them is like 400,000 are technically active. So there you get a smaller percentage. Out of their 400,000, by classing it as active, I think releasing one a week is like 20, no, 200,000 or something like that. And then out of them 200,000, those getting like barely any downloads is a huge proportion as well. So if you, you want to get in, it's just, so what are the key thing of the, the, that even that 200,000 in the world, they turn, they're still turning up. And that's not even talking about whether they're any good or not, but they're, they're doing something that has kept them coming back. So they, they're either insane or they're driven by something bigger than themselves or they're inspired or they're very successful at it. So that's why they keep doing it you know, and a combination of the above and, you know, every podcaster and podcast is different. And I think that's, you know, it's important to set up as well. So one that's going to, you know, I say to anyone who's started a podcast, set it up so it's sustainable. Can you see yourself doing it, you know, one to three years? And that's really like to get going and what cadence or format can you see yourself turning up every, whether it's once a week, twice a week, mm. once a month, but you can see yourself turning up whether there's going to be any money in it, no lots of money, whether you're going to feel like doing it, not something that you're going to feel is sustainable with your life, regardless of what else is going on, in, at least in the podcasting sense. And then mm. you'll be onto something. But literally so is life. Like what you just described to me in a, in a more expansive formula is this is this is essentially how to do life, right? We look at it and say, am I willing to commit to this for the next one to three, even five or 10 years? And am I willing to, as I've heard some people say, like really just, just eat, this is going to sound really terrible. I just heard this used before, but it's like, you just <laughs> eat shit. Just like, you're just eating dirt. You're not, you're not seeing results. I'm so serious. I, I heard that and I was just like, Hmm. You know, it's, it's a little bit grotesque when you put it that way, but uh, yeah, they really got to be with yourself on that. Cause I heard something from, I think it was Russell Brand said it. And it actually was the thing that had me start this podcast. And he said, if you like writing, now you're a blogger. If you like speaking, now you have a podcast. If you like being on video, now you're a vlogger. And if you are not prepared to go the next one, two or three years doing this, knowing that nobody is listening to you, that nobody, nobody's listening to you, not because they don't want to, but one, because this is your opportunity to figure out your identity and to yep. figure out who you are and what your message is. And if you're not willing to commit to knowing that no one's going to hear you for the next one to three years, quit before you start. Because when you start looking at those analytics, that's going to be a real oh, big yeah. twist. Yeah, that first year or two, I really looked at the uh, the, the podcast download numbers. And I, yeah, again, being linked again to something external. You know, how did that, and it did affect my mood. You know, I'd like to say it didn't, but it definitely did. You know, my day, okay, I had X amount of downloads. Does that mean I'm slightly happier? Or I had no downloads. Does that mean I'm slightly sadder? And I, I always know how ridiculous that is, but that is obviously, that is happening a lot. You know, so I always, you know, in an English sense, when people are really sad, like for a week or so, when their their football team, their soccer team loses, has zero relevance on them and their life, but they may be moody for a week and be speaking to people badly and just being yeah. miserable. And that sort of thing is insane to me, but it goes on. It's like, it's like quite, it's a society norm type thing. Um, and yeah, with a podcast and stuff. Yeah, completely, completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think about the downloads particularly now. Um, yeah. I, 
but again, I did for quite a while because, you mm. know, at least my initial intentions going out with this, I launched at the same time as um, Tim Ferriss. And uh, I got ahead of him on the chart at one point and I've got them screenshots because I can barely believe it. But so then that puts you in, again, chasing something that's not your true um, what you was after because you put into that bracket. So you think, oh, so I guess I better have millions of downloads because that's what Tim's got. And so then, so that, you know, again, it's, if you compare yourself to other people, you're going to be miserable regardless who you're comparing yourself to, but especially if you compare yourself to certain unicorns out there and things that people have done that are just literally the world's best, uh, you're, you know, it's, you're going to have a tough time because you can always compare to yourself to someone who's doing what you think is better mm. or in one stat, but you're comparing, you know, you're comparing one of their stats to all of your stats. So yeah, you know, he may have like millions of downloads, but what's his ex like, or what's this like in his life? What's that like? You don't, you cherry pick, you don't pick. Cause I know other aspects mm-hmm. of his life and I wouldn't touch them, but I was, I was just like, Oh, downloads. So you want that without the other bit of his life. You can't, you know, the, the, everything's connected. So you can't cherry pick. Mm. Wow. And, you know, jealousy, as I've heard, is the thief of joy. And to be able to, again, you, you get to ego check yourself. Uh, it's like, again, what's driving you? Is it the, is it the downloads or is it the, is it the commitment to inspiring people? Because exactly. what's going what's gonna to pull you forward when you're at your lowest and you're really ready to throw in the towel? Is it going to be the number of downloads or is it going to be the, that, that, those emails that you got that said, please don't stop because your message is what saved my life or your message is what had me create a business that has impacted tens of thousands of people. Because when you put it in that perspective, you start to realize that we get really fucked up about the wrong things. We focus on the wrong things as opposed to having our, our metrics, if you will, being predicated on something that is grander than something very transient, like the number of downloads that we have. And that is life, right? Like checking the number of likes on social media to, uh, the, the number of products that we sell, like we, we equate our worthiness in many ways. I think it's a worthiness thing is we get our ego and it's worthiness attached into these impermanent, but also in tangible things in many ways. Like I can't physically put my hands on a million views. No, but yeah, exactly. And that's the point. Like, is it a glitch in the computer one day? You see your downloads are up there and you're like, wait. And the thing is, the <laughs> thing is that makes me laugh now. And you know, you think you're going to try and track, I suppose it's like, like you think you, you want to track everything. So still now, I'll be, I'll, if I have a glance on my podcast stats, just because when I'm uploading podcasts and stuff, and I'll see a random spike. And when I used to see these, I used to try and work out why and have I done something awesome and this and that. No idea. 99% of the time, no <laughs> idea. And we, oh, how did you do that? No idea. It, it still happens in podcasting. Just like you think, oh, I'm on science. And then there's this random spike and then it could drop the next day. And you're like, and you're trying to look and it's hard. Did someone, sh- you don't know, it's like 400 episodes down. Has <laughs> someone from episode 100 finally shared it out to their list or something? Or does someone watch the TEDx and then mm. gone and looked at the, and shared that and then look, it's, it's impossible. And, uh, yeah, it's your so time. Yeah, exactly. But it's impossible anyway. It's like, cause people say, Oh, what do you do to get that? And you know, it's, uh, keep showing up every day you know, and not being too bothered about that sort of stuff. And that's what, yeah, that's, that's what you've that been doing right there. 
that yeah. thing right there. <laughs> I'm so glad that you said that. It's a showing up every day. And this is something I will personally admit that I do in some areas and not in all areas. And I'm working on that consistency. Like for me, I'm not going to miss my workouts anymore. I'm very clear about the benefit of me going and working out or doing movement or doing animal flow. And it's being able to take that principle and put it over here because what you pointed out is great. And I heard Gary Vaynerchuk say it, and it was something along the lines of, if you want more engagement, stop focusing on your engagement. <laughs> It's like getting wrapped up in that. You start to go stir crazy trying to figure out the math of it when in reality. What do they want? Yeah, what do they want? So you've got to keep switching. Yeah. And then you're putting on masks and you're trying mask on. But in reality, I think you would agree with this. I'm sure in your journey is the more you became yourself and the more you allowed your message to come from an authentic place, the next thing you knew your true fans started showing up and not these impermanent people who came briefly because you, you, I'm, this is going to sound funny, but you posted a booty pic and you know, people like, so you know, you get a crowd of people who like booty pics, but then you go back to posting what you really want to post. And all of a sudden your views drop. You're like, no, my sense of self-worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with the Awakening Ralph, from the start, I've always been completely authentic, but I, uh, yeah, I completely, yeah. I think someone I interviewed put it really well. And they, uh, you know, they're, you know, sort of master level professional speaker, NLP master, travel all over the world teaching this and they're real high level sort of speaking and, and NLP training. And people are like, how can you like do this 200 times or speak, you know, like on big stages or whoever, to whoever, again, whether it's five people or 5,000 doesn't really matter. And that's the point. How can you be this, do like this? And the issue is, is, you know, do you speak to every people every day? I'm like, yeah, it's, if you're just being yourself, when you step up on stage and speak to people, it's the same. It's no effort because you're completely being authentically you. Now, if you're a speaker who, and this is always, I've always thought there's something weird. If you speak to someone, say the side of a stage and they're a certain way to you, good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is. And then they go on stage and they're like a 180, like a completely different person. Mm-mm. They're either putting on a mask to you or they're putting on a mask to everyone on the stage. Either way, that's exhausting. That's when you get burnt out. When you have to do that sort of stuff, whether that's 100 or 200 times a year, that's exhausting. Whereas when you turn up to a mic and if you're being you, that's just you and it shouldn't be exhausting. You know, something is, if you're doing something that's really exhausting consistently in terms of mentally exhausting, mm. there's an issue. There's an issue. And like with the podcast in the first year, I almost kind of burnt myself out because I went so one dimensional in the podcast is three to four episodes a week and just went so all in on the podcast. You know, I, I couldn't do much else. There was literally not much bandwidth to do other stuff in terms of there's great opportunities. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm busy podcasting. <laughs> I literally had no time to do anything outside of the podcasting thing. Um, so yeah, <laughs> things really started opening up when, again, I was just interviewing someone else before this. And we're talking about the, the mindset between different levels of, I think he was talking financially, whether it's like a nice person who's you no know, poor, millionaire, billionaire, it's the ability to create space. So some of the, the you know, tweaks from like year two to three was just reducing the amount of episodes I was putting out weekly. Nothing mm-hmm. groundbreaking, but that creates some space to then you can actually do stuff. <laughs> so create and protect. I've always been very disciplined at protecting time and space. And just as things get, you know, more advanced or further down the path, you just got to be more um, disciplined with, you know, prioritizing and scheduling what is important, not just reacting to what comes on your plate that day or that week. You have to block stuff out. Otherwise, it, you know, it, y- your priorities will get pushed 
or you won't have priorities. You're just reacting to stuff that's being thrown at you. Hmm. So let's, let's take this. Cause I know that we've been, we've been poking around and we've been dancing around awaken your alpha a little bit, but let's, <laughs> let's dive in sex. I feel like we've already created a lot of context around it. We've been able to, to really distinct there. Da, 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 da. If you were, if you were <laughs> on video, if you're the floating on, book, <laughs> If you were, if you're looking at the video version of this, you get to see a really sick cover. Uh, so what is your wake and wake in your alpha and what was its purpose for being created? So waking your alpha, I mean, the, the kind of the spark for initially came from obviously apart from my own personal kind of struggles and getting, getting through of that, doing what I had to do to kind of get out of really struggling to then actually trying to, you know, what can you do to continue to move on to thriving? Because I feel like a lot of people um, do, and we all kind of, unless you, you know, you tag out and you you, you don't, but generally when you're struggling and looking to survive, you will do what is needed. You'll do the fundamentals, the necessary things daily because you have to do them. Then when you kind of drag yourself out and you, people are generally quite encouraging when you're on that underdog and you're coming up, then when you get to kind of society's norms, everyone's like, awesome, just like chill out now. You're, you're with everyone now, just like pipe down. But then if you continue, nothing special, but you continue doing these fundamentals and go and move on towards, so you're thriving in life, that's hmm. when you know, people start throwing rocks at you. And that's why a lot of people, they kind of do these fundamentals hmm. to get to kind of the norm and then they stop. And then they kind of slowly float down to struggling. But, oh, this is not going so well. I better start doing stuff again. Oh, I'm good. And that's, you know, and I'm definitely in my history before, you know, I love the underdog. I love, you know, when people are discounting you and that, 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 that struggle, that, like working hard and getting up. Then when you, things start going a bit too well, the other thing that people do, including me, I used to do this a lot, self-sabotage. Because if you're on the way up, how can you be an underdog up here? So it's like you self-sabotage. So um, then you can be back in like the struggle. And some people wear that as a badge of honor as well. You know, some people wear poorness as a badge of honor. Oh, I must be a good person because I'm poor and I help people. So, you know, hmm. there's, you know, there's a whole thing around that. So we, we, I co-authored a book in 2013. I um, had never met all the other co-authors. When I finally did, I couldn't see kind of on paper what the connection was. It was only when I was having these conversations, a bit like this in some way, that I really recognized the similarities between, you know, a 30-year-old teacher, a 60-year-old dentist from South Africa, and just these hodgepodge of people it was the mindset and the, the their approach to adversity and how they deal with stuff and i was like i need to share these conversations and that was really the the light bulb for awakening ralph for both as a book and podcast kind of at the same time because um i'm not in again you gotta be a realist i'm not in a position that i can dedicate four years of just sitting on my ass researching a book and writing it so the podcast was an elaborate research tool i wanted to ha share these conversations but also i always had an eye on you know, when the time was right, I would pull the trigger on this book. Um, so 2014 started the podcast, 20 moved country as well. I always knew I was moving to the middle of nowhere. So a podcast <laughs> non-location based was, was, was a key piece and appealed to me that way as a way to share my message. Um, and so yeah, 26, 2015 moved it, uh, up into Northern Michigan up on the great lakes and then 2016 TEDx talk awakening around for 2018 Awaken Your Alpha, Thousand Tactics to Thrive, the bestseller. And 2020 now, Awaken Your Alpha, the media and podcast network is kind of... So that's kind of the evolution. Um, and we can dig into what it actually is <laughs> as much as you want or as little as you want. 
Brilliant. So <clears throat> inside of the book, Awaken Your Alpha, what are the types of tools? Maybe there's like a couple bullet points that you'd hit in there, but what are some things that people are going through that journey when they leave? They're like, okay, I'm going to take this. I'm going to implement it to create some tangible result. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I didn't want it to be one of them shelf help type books that just sit there. So the whole point through it, um, it's broken into three main sections, which is the TEDx talk as, as well. So if you're interested, if you watch that and you don't like what I'm talking about, you will not like the book. If you like the TEDx, <laughs> you will love the book. So it's broken into awareness, action and ascension is the three sections of the book. And then, you know, we really break down to like four key areas for each. Um, and for each, there are 32 actions throughout the book. So every point when I'm giving examples, it might not even be from me, it's examples from some of the best of the best that I've interviewed over the years, you know, you know, bomb disposal expert, the, you know, the first deaf player in the NBA, um, you know, all sorts of people in there, you know, it's a real mix of people, you know, Robert Green, all for the 48 laws of power. So yeah, there's, there's kind of these actions for any, any section really. And people have said, you can like, you can dive into it and people reread these, uh, sections. I mean, like, I just opened the book and this is one thing that I really liked when, uh, someone after it has been published at a book launch party, this lady came and she just said, Hey, I've just been dropping into your book and just keep opening it on any page and reading what it says. And it's awesome. And she's, like, and it was designed for in theory, yeah, if someone picks up, and this is, you know, again, for life, anything you're doing or putting out there, if you're putting subpar stuff out there in terms of you didn't give it your best at that stage, who's to say that's not the, someone's first impression of you? I'm not expecting someone to pick this up, read a load of crap and, go, and then we go, oh yeah, but the rest of it's good because they're not going to get to that point. You got to put your best foot forward, you know? So, I mean, I just opened it on that one. So in terms of this one's action six, you know, what are your favorite quotes? What really resonates with you and your approach to life? Think about it and write them down. Make your quotes into your own model and change what you need to achieve it. So just on that, that's a simple action in terms of being authentic to you. Your quotes would be different to mine and everyone's in that, that combination of quotes. Yeah, we, I may think that's an awesome quote. I like, I love quotes. But so some of mine, I have it on my, my office. The whole wall there is literally... It's not a well-known classic quote, <laughs> but it's um, from my, again, very authentic to me. So from my favorite movie, Predator, 1987, Arnold, it's do it, do it now. It's literally the whole one wall do of my it, office. Do it, now. Yeah. And again, apart exactly that, when my boys walk in the office, they say it in an Austrian accent like that. So that brings me joy number one. I've got a picture of the Predator up there. Um, and then, like, so mine is do it, do it now is one of my favorites. And then I have... Um, Success is never final, Winston Churchill. And then life shrinks and expands in proportion to one's courage, Anis Nin. So my combination, I put it in the book, use it as an example, is a combination of those three quotes in terms of my motto for life around, you know, do it, do it now, basically. And I've articulated it slightly better in the book, I'm sure. I would have put more thought into it. But, you know, success is never final. And, you know, you've got to keep, it's a daily thing and keep moving forwards. And, and as I said, that, that the life shrinks and expands in proportion to one's courage reminds me as well of, you know, tough times and, you know, that, that depression and aspects like that, because that's when it's really apparent. Um, when you start shrinking, that is a slippery slope. It's not going to get better that way. There's only one way. Cause when you start shrinking, then you go within yourself, 
stuff gets worse, then you shrink some more. And so it's, it's really, if you think it's important to you to you know, take bold action, do it, do it now. So in terms of your courage, that's important as well. And that success is never final. It's, it really is a daily habits and ha- habits, habits and actions um, <laughs> that, that, you know, that are important. So uh, yeah, so that, you know, success is here and there. Awesome. And I, I celebrate the journey and it's like, to me, it's the infinite game, but I would never like hang my hat on one thing and think that's it. Awesome. I can chill out because that's not what I'm in it for. Hmm. No, your legacy is more expansive than that. It's not just like a, all right, cool. I did this. I hit X amount of numbers of followers or downloads on the podcast. Sweet. Now I'm done. It's like, no, the, 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 the journey continues. The, yeah. the, the habits, the practices, they become more and more refined. You continue to sharpen the, the sword that you're using to go into battle and to notice and observe the waves when you go up and down, but to not let yourself spiral down and, and something you, th- you said, I know this was a little bit earlier, but tying it here, I thought was really great was the people wanting to support you when you're an underdog, but then you get to a certain point and then they want to start throwing, you know, rocks and sticks at you. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> sometimes the person on the side who's throwing rocks and sticks at you is yourself. Oh that's, yeah. Totally. That's <laughs> that self-sabotage. That's those limiting beliefs. That's those things that are in our uh, subconscious that are, uh, they want nothing more than for us to settle into that comfortable. But as you said, it's, it is doing it daily and doing it, especially when you don't want to show up because resistance as I've come to learn. And especially in the the book, the war of art by, um, Oh, Stephen Pressfield. Pressfield. Yeah. That resistance oh, is the compass book. pointing towards that, which we oh, seek reckon, the most. I reckon I've gifted this to people. I love this book. Awesome so good. Book. Sitting right there that along with the one thing, both of them really great. And, uh, yeah, that's brilliant, brilliant. I actually really love your 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 whole point about taking the quotes and and you know, in a way like making them your own as a way as like a principles almost and having those principles be what guides your behavior because something that has come full circle for me is the person who sets an intention, the person who puts that, you know, do that thing in your calendar is the person that you want to listen to, not the person that when it comes time to fulfill upon that intention, who's steeped in whatever emotion that they're steeped in wants to say, ah, oh, but I can do that later. I can work out tomorrow. You know, your alarm yeah. goes off. It's time to go work you just, out. Yeah. You just remind me of saying, I, I love it again. So it's always, you know, different and evolving, but I, I had, um, it's a, my Wednesday's my perform day. I like blocking days as well. I, I think the further I've evolved and stuff, I block stuff more and more because you you know you get into stuff. We're in kind of this zone here, like a nice long interview. And so yeah. today is my my interview day. I, I I interview and I get interviewed on Wednesdays, and um, it's a huge day today. And then um, the first interview um, they cancelled last minute, reasonably late last minute. I think it was late last night, whenever it was, something like that. Um, I didn't think too much of it. It, it doesn't happen that often. Um, but then I saw who did it and it was the second time they'd canceled last minute. So, and I'm just, I was just, I was just interesting and I'm just the sort of, and I'm looking to, and I'm, I'm going to say now I'm not that bothered about interviewing them. You know, if I'm being honest, I'm like, you know, I could take it or leave it in terms of, but, and more and more, I think it's in terms of how they've shown up in reality. Everyone can talk a good game. The reality, no one's seeing this, but that how they're turning up or not turning up to an interview, which linked to you talking about pros, it's not like they've rescheduled it or canceled it like a week in advance. It's a last minute and these things happen. But the only person who's rescheduled like that in the last couple of months, probably about three or four months, is the same person twice. And it's last minute, meaning it's not like a, a thought out thing. It's 
what have I got on my calendar tomorrow? I've got Adam there. Ah, I got more important stuff to do. Hey, there's other details, but that's how I'm interpreting it. And you know, I, it's just interesting. And I, I, you know, in terms of rescheduling, if it was in that scenario, the natural natural consequence is the next available interview. With that, this is not. This is just the reality of the situation. The next available interview is uh, October or November. I think it's November now. Woo. Well, I don't know what to say, and it's and it's it, it's partly as well. You know, if it was you, Wolf. And you say, oh, this happened, this happened. But it's not even that. It's literally like, oh, there's no communication. Something at work. Something at work. I'm going to have to bump it. He didn't say again, but it's again. And I'm like, whoa. Do you know what would happen the third time if I let him book in? It would get bumped. I would bet my house on it because there's nothing. It's not like anything exceptional has happened. So I'm just linking to what you're saying. What are you bumping off your calendar weekly and daily? Till tomorrow or till next week, like it comes around, it sounds like a good idea. You think, oh, I really want to mm. do this. But then when it comes to do the work, you're like, yeah, I'll move that. I got to deal with this today. I'll move that. There's either two things. It's either not that important to you, or you're just you're just not being bold. You're not going for it. You're just putting it off to that, you know, that tomorrow kind of syndrome, and tomorrow never comes ultimately. <laughs> It's interesting in a way. I this is a weird, com, you know, comparison. But the the person you now who sees, you know, whoever that person is, not fulfilling upon that commitment, not once but twice. And you know, there's something to be said about if that happens, and it just so happens that the person is, you know, they slip and they're in communication. That's one thing. But if there's not a real like honest, you know, for me, my thing's truth. If you're not going to be truthful about it, there's in a way you allowing that, and it's like diminishing your own belief oh. of your own value in a way yeah. well the reality is as well at that short notice you know i've literally in the last 24 hours people have been booking into my podcast and i've been like sorry you know like the next appointment is x date now he's taken someone's spot he's taken someone's opportunity is the reality mm-hmm. and but it's, it's just that if you're so in your own bubble that you don't think about other people and like as i say i've i've had people rescheduled before and i've, I've barely even noticed it because They've communicated to me as a human and they've like said, oh, you know, and I'm like, hey, not a problem. It happens. Like stuff happens. I get that. But, you know, <laughs> this is not stuff happening. <laughs> you know, so anyway, it's uh, it's just an uh, interesting scenario. And it's like, it is what it is. And I, I mm. feel like it's all worked out good because I don't think it, it was the right fit for this person. And I can't mm. even remember what they do at this point to be on the podcast. I think something is telling us or at least me that this is not the fit. Hmm. And I would say that sometimes we are that person for ourselves and it's important to acknowledge that, you know, unless, you know, you've really gotten your discipline down, but sometimes we are that for ourselves. Like you said, showing up to that appointment time and saying, "Ah," and ask that question, is it important or am I just not giving it the value or am I resisting it? And when that happens for us, like you just put your hands up and say like, Oh, I dropped the ball. I like, this is what happened. It's not okay. I'm acknowledging it. I apologize or whatever. Like, what can we do? That that happens. And people happen to me. I do that to people. Like everyone makes mistakes, but there's certain ways to, you know, handle yourself or not handle yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's a personal choice. And it's, it's up to you. And, you know, they both lead in different paths. Mm. Yeah. It's just a real high level of integrity. I, I really respect that. And what would you say kind of 
very disconjointly moving into a new conversation here. What would you say? Hmm, what What is it that has you be as consistent as you are with what you're doing? Is there any, is it like a will thing? Like you've willed yourself into discipline around it or is it, I just have structures in place that really have me be as consistent as I am, say as a family man, say as a business owner, as a podcaster. Cause I, I just relate to you as somebody who's consistent and committed. What has you be that way? I think, yeah, the, the, the uh, on the most basic, I don't want to give the sort of just generic bland answers, but you know, it comes back to what I was talking about earlier. If you're driven by inspiration and something that you, you highly value, um, you know, so all my stuff is linked to, you know, my, my, my kids and my family and, and, you know, just, uh, spending quality time with them. So, you know, I, I structure my day when they're at school, which doesn't seem a lot at the moment, <laughs> or they're not at the moment, <laughs> um, is, you know, I, I take them to school every uh, morning and I pick them up every afternoon. Easy to do in my scenario because I've created this or easy not to do. I could easily, you know, that three o'clock time, just, you know, just go through that. Like they don't need me to pick them up. They're, 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 their mum works at the school. She can just bring them home. But I make the conscious effort because them little things are going to, they're going to add up. And so that's where kind of things that are important to me. But hmm. I, I the, the, you know, the, the role model aspects, um, yeah, all parents can tell their kids what to do, but actions speak louder than the words. You know, I, I think it's, 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 I think it's disrespectful to tell your kids kind of, or whether you tell them or not that you put your dreams on hold so you could help them chase their dreams or fulfill their dreams you're setting the ceiling for them so low because you're saying something, but you're doing something else. You're saying, oh, you should chase your dreams and that, or you should do follow stuff that fulfills you. Hmm. But I haven't. So what, what, that's mixed messaging. That's just confusing. So if you want your, you know, your next generation, your people important to do as best, if you want the best for them, which is what I want, then you, you've got to be, you've got to lead by example. A hundred percent. Cause they're going to, you know, as, that you're going to set, you know, ceilings and limitations for them, which you generally you don't want to do. Everyone says, "I want the best for my children," for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you got to walk the walk, as it as it were. So that that's a huge motivator. Um, but yeah, so you know, it's it's and again, it's, it's come back to that original conversation of you know, if you're if you're following things for the or doing things for the wrong reasons, you're not going to be consistent because you don't really care, and no one cares. Like whether you do it, you know, you know, people aren't, you know, it's. It's just, uh, you got, got to do the work and there's, and that's where it's a very individual thing. You know, uh, if, if I would have been a hundred percent happy and fulfilled, you know, teaching the schools that, that, that whole time, I would have mm. still been there. I don't, it's, there's not better or worse. There's different cause we're different people. So I think that's important. And then, yeah, I, I, again, sometimes maybe to a fault, if, if I say I'm doing something, generally I do it. Um, mm. it's, it's why I ruined my knee back in the pole vault. <laughs> <laughs> there's someone there from go. the crowd someone from the crowds you go live in, someone from the crowd said he's done he won't take off again because I run through on the first attempt second attempt I said to myself I'm going to take off no matter what and I did or at least at least I got about an inch off the ground but you know so um yeah I uh, and then you, you know as we talked about the integrity thing you know stuff doesn't have to be rocket science you can you can do very 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 well in life if you, you do what you say and you turn up and you treat people right um, and you follow through, do you realize how much 
I mean, and the longer I go on for this, do you how, that's just, it, unfortunately, it ends up being such a minority. It shouldn't be, oh my goodness, he followed through or, oh my goodness, he did what he said he was going to do. That shouldn't be a surprise to people, but unfortunately it is. Mm. And that's, you know, I don't know what that says, is that a marker on society or what, but it's just, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm doing anything special here, but you know, I do have, you know, you should, everyone should hold themselves to high standards and, that comes back to all we've been talking, I think really kind of sums it all up. <laughs> do something, you know, do something you respect yourself for first before you even worry about other people. If you can't respect yourself and what you're doing, then any, anyone else doesn't really matter. Because what happens if you say, oh, I'm doing something for their approval, for their respect. And then on Tuesday, they say, I, I, I don't like what you're doing. Does that mean you crumble? Does that mean everything you've been doing is a waste of time? And yeah. then on Wednesday, they're like, actually... I respect you today. What's that got to do with anything? Like you got to respect yourself for first. And the other flip side, if you look in the mirror and you're listening to this and you're, you're doing things that you don't respect yourself for, well, what's the answer to that? Stop doing them things. I'm not talking about what you've done. Who cares? Like, you know, this is like now, it's just you've got to stop doing them things. And mm-hmm. yeah, we talked about everyone makes mistakes, but just you've got to move towards that doing less of things or just cold turkey. <laughs> don't do things you, and this is like a person, if you, if you respect yourself for doing X, Y, and Z that someone else might think that's a bit wrong. But if you think if, if that res- you respect yourself for, for that, carry on. You may have some, some other issues you've got to work on, but you know, at least start there, do things that you respect yourself for. Brilliant. That's really brilliant. And it's, it's, it's simplicity and the simple truth. It seems like being able to just do, do the damn thing and just show up. And I think it's brilliant that before this, I had uh, indirectly asked, you know, what is your, what did you believe your purpose is? And what I gathered from it is you really want to help people to share a message and really a message that I'm, I'm ultimately assuming it has an impact, but you are a brilliant shining example in your own personal life of, I want my kids to get this specific message, which is I'm here for you. I'm supported, whatever that intention is for you, but you show up and you do the work and, you know, acknowledging when we're not being that. And it's a simple truth. If it's not in alignment with what you're committing to the simple truth. And oftentimes the hard application, if you will, is to mm-hmm. stop doing the thing and to add more of the good thing. Uh, but the fact that your consistency with this is a message I want to get to my kids and I show up that way and what I want to do for people or the purpose that I have for people is being able to, to help them have that message in your own words and you know, maybe a sentence or two, what do you believe your purpose is? Cause I'm kind of like, you know, give my own little flavor, but what is that for you? So to help, well, I said, I don't want to say to help people, but I just, I, I think linked to what you're saying, I think everyone needs to back themselves more. It's very rare when you're like, oh, I back myself too much. You know, mm-hmm. people are generally, if you're going to go one with that, people are generally a bit too harsh on themselves. Outwardly, they may be uh, saying, oh, they're super confident stuff, but generally we need to all back ourselves more. Because um, if you can't back yourself, then, you know, society in general, and how can you expect other people to back you? But linked to that. So Awaken Your Alpha is really about amplifying your mission. Linked to, you know, a lot of times people are aiming a bit too low or then they're not, you know, they're not going after these things, whether it be being able to drop your kids off to school every day and pick them up, you know, for, for a lot of people that, that might not be the pinnacle for me, that's kind of the pinnacle. And, you know, I feel like stuff like that, if you do the work to what is important, you, what is going to have a daily impact on your life and fulfillment when it comes to the end, things like that generally pop up a bit too late for people. But, you know, so 
really amplify your mission. And with like the talk accelerator and going down that route, I've, I've launched that podcast last year. That's really amplify your message. So that's how they kind of go together because, you know, a TEDx talk or a podcast or a book is just a tool. It's just a format. Brilliant. Whereas amplifying your mission is what it's all about. And when I've lost clarity, identity, it's when that mission became a little bit foggy or it wasn't there. That's when I've really struggled. And linked to what I should have said, really, when you said about how do you, you know, keep pushing through and being consistent, you need to have a mission. Strongly believe that. I'm happy to have a massive debate with someone who says, oh, you don't need a mission. Um, that's one thing I've now noticed from people who, do, you know, who, are, who are very consistent, who are just you know, on, on, on a mission ultimately. They, they, they really do have a clearly defined mission that really inspires them and pulls them to it as opposed to doing something out of desperation where it's more like you're being pushed and you feel like, oh, I have to do this interview today or I have the chance to do this interview today. Very okay. different, slight tweak, but very different. Mm. That's beautiful. Living inside of that message as I, I tie it perfectly into the, the living in your truth. You're living in that truth. You're sharing that truth and you're helping others share that truth. And I'm very grateful for that. And for people who are wanting to also, you know, get connected with that and to, to expand their message, what's a good way for them to connect with you? Yeah. So, um, Adam Lewis Walker, Instagram, social media, awaken your alpha, um, yeah, both of them. If you search that for the TEDx talk and you watch, you know, even a minute of that and you appreciate that, please do leave a comment in that. Listen to the podcast over 400 episodes, you know, some really interesting people, some well-known names, some less well-known names, but just very interesting people. And then, you know, the, on Amazon, the book, go and look, read some of the reviews and hear what they have to say. People have to say about that. It's, it's really gone down well. Um, yeah. And the Talk Accelerate, if you're ever an aspiring TEDx speaker, that podcast is purely for aspiring TEDx speakers, really talks about the hacks of how to do that. And I offer idea clarity calls every Thursday, which I really enjoy because I get to hear what are your potential unique ideas worth sharing. Mm-hmm. That's not work, is it? That sounds awesome to me. <laughs> so again, it's, but to someone else, that'd be a right hassle. But you know, so that's where it's important to create um, things that, you know, fire you up and put you in your area of genius so you can best help people. Mm. Brilliant. And for those of you listening, that will be in the show notes. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you sharing this with us. And for people who are listening, we've, we've talked about a lot in, in, in this you know, time that we've had together, but what is one thing that somebody can take and act upon right now to potentially begin moving in the direction of that well-intended life where we get to the end and we look at our legacy and we say, damn, I did it. And I did it hard and did it well. <laughs> so we talked about more big picture stuff and kind of getting you in that uh, sort of direction. So I want to finish with, um, in terms of where you are today and now and like, uh, not, not after the fact, but you're already into your day at this point. So a question I like to ask myself daily at some point, usually towards the end of the day, strangely, it's just the way it is. What can I do to make today great? Hmm. And the reason this is important, and it's more important on days that are tough and days you're struggling where it's, you say, this was not a good day. Okay. It's more important to ask you then because it's not what would you want to do? Like saying, oh, I could go to Disneyland or just something stupid that you can't do. Now, what can I do? So it's within my capability, I have control to make today great. Whether that's like, it's eight o'clock at night. Like actually, if I called up my ex or my, and when I say my ex, I mean like an ex is an insert name, mum, dad, <laughs> sister, brother, whatever it is, long lost friend. If I called them up, that would make today great and said mm-hmm. something nice or whatever. If I went for a walk around the block with my wife, that would make today great. 
if I went and did this, if I went and did that. So what can you do? And then whether you've had a tough day or not, you know, ultimately it's perspective. You feel like today was a good day. You do that daily. You have a good day, good day. Before you know it, you're having good weeks, good months, hmm. good life. Done. Brilliant. Simple, executable. And then you're picks. doing things you want to do. I, I shoot baskets almost every day on my driveway because I love it. Don't ask me why I love it so much. It confuses me at times, but um, I'm like, geez, it, I just, I don't Doesn't know why matter. I shoot so much basketball, but I really like it. <laughs> Likes the gratitude of nailing it every single time. That's brilliant. Oh, swish, swish, man. I had a rebounder on that. I had to take it off because you don't get the swish. Dude, I've got to go, but I love this, man. You do have to go. So that's why I'm going to wrap this up, dude. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for those of you guys who listened, who took the time out. And as always, find, follow, live your truth. And uh, follow the wolf within you. How? Thank you so much for listening in. If you got value out of this message, we would love it if you subscribed and shared it with your tribe so we can continue to share this message and this medicine with people all over the world. Much love and peace be with you.